0: you're listening to the pre-med perspectives podcast Welcome back to the Pre-Med Perspectives. I'm Lassia, and today I'm joined by a really special guest. Today I'm joined by Laura Hakeem, who's a M2 at MSU's College of Human Medicine, and she has a little bit of an untraditional story. She went through one application cycle, didn't find a lot of success within it, but she got a grasp over that disappointment and she did very well in a master's program and she had a wildly successful next application cycle although she did submit her application a little bit late so lara is here today to share with us how she picked the master's program that she picked and how she was able to bounce back in that way she's also going to tell us a little bit about her special niche within medicine and how she thinks getting away from that checklist mentality helped her have a very successful cycle. So, Laura, thank you so much for joining
1: me today. How are you? Hey, Lessa, thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be here sharing my story. Um, hopefully it'll help a lot of you guys listening.
0: Yeah, thank you so much. I know it's really difficult sometimes to think back on times where uh, things didn't go the way you want. So thank you for your vulnerability and time and mental mental what's the word Mm, drainage going back to
1: such a time. Yeah no worries I know how stressful it is being a pre-med so I'm like whatever I can do to help you guys I will do that. Yeah thank
0: you so much. So to get started uh, let's talk a little bit about your first cycle. Were you confident going in? Uh, Did you think you were going to get in? Were you shocked? I want to hear a little bit about that.
1: Um, so just to give some background, I did my undergrad at Oakland University, and in my junior year, I was like the very I was into the very traditional med school path. Um, path. Like, oh, at the end of the junior year, I'm gonna take my MCAT, I'm gonna apply, I'm gonna do all these things. Um, so I had really good grades, MCAT was fine, um, and I had a bit of activities. I applied to med school on time; like, my application was in, I think in like June or something. And I thought everything was in place because I got a bunch of interviews. And um, then I got waitlisted at all those schools. And um, I never got an acceptance at the very end. So that was a big of a shocker because I got some interviews into like some of the really some of the schools that are like hard to interview at, um, such as like OUWB and you know a bunch of those schools. So, yeah, it was a big shocker for me um, not getting in at that point. Yeah, definitely. And I can imagine how tough it would be, especially when you were
0: kind of led on by all of these interviews. But how are you able to bounce back from that? What do you think you were lacking in that application cycle? And how did you try to
1: you know, fill those gaps in for your next one? Yeah, so what I did is only one of the schools, which was OUWB, agreed to meet with me and tell me like um, what it was in my application that was a little lacking. And I didn't get much. Essentially, what I understood was that I'm very like, I'm a very standard prototypical applicant, you know, like checklists and things like that. I kind of felt like there's nothing special that I can put to the table. And they were very nice about it. Like they were, super encouraging and they're like you should apply again and all those things but they did um they did show me the facts and I was like okay well I got a couple things here to work on um that did set me back because I feel like as a pre-med um you're always like all right I'll finish undergrad get into med school graduate early and blah 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 and like I was always so um I was always so uh, consumed thinking about this deadline like okay i have like five years and that's what i'm going to do when really a deadline isn't what worked for me it can work for some people but um i started to realize that and i was like well i'm not giving up on my dream i mean like this is what i wanted to do, so i'm gonna do whatever's necessary um so i kind of went from seeing not getting into med school as a failure because i really thought that at first until an opportunity to grow and just having that positive mindset, and I applied to a master's program, and then, you know, um, I had a lot of improvements there in my application. Definitely, and I think
0: you, you mentioned the fact that it was so nice that OUWB sat down with you. I know many people spend hundreds of dollars applying to med school, and they don't hear a single thing, so nice of them to give you that information, but it, it always strikes me when people are like, yeah, you know, I was just I did what I had to do. Um, I did what I thought I had to do, which is still so much. And I don't think we uh, give ourselves Enough credit. Like it takes so much to even apply to medical school. You got to get through the four years. Like a lot of people can't even get through the classes. You got to sit through the MCAT. You got to do all these things. So for anyone listening, like it is such a big deal even to get to the point of applying. And the second thing is, I think the difference between applying to like from high school to college to college to med school is that most of the people applying from high school to college are like 17, right? Like everyone's kind of the same age. Everyone had their K through 12 for the most part. So we're all kind of had the same amount of years to do X amount of things. But when it comes to med school, like you have 50 year olds applying to med school and you see someone like we were what, 21 probably applying to med school versus someone who has literally 20 more experience, 20 more years of experience. Like you have a lot that you need to catch up with. And I think that can sometimes be daunting, but why did you decide to do a master's program? Why didn't you decide to, you know, just maybe do some extracurriculars
1: or travel or anything like that? So I decided to do the master's program because I was kind of like, all right, I'm going to make this right. And by making this right, there's many things I'm going to do. I'm going to maintain showing them that I'm smart Gonna go through a master's program. I'm gonna do really well. I need to show them that I can still do that high level, you know, critical thinking, whatever classes, even though my grades were good. But I'm like, I need to show them that again and remind them, and that I can even do it at a higher level. Yeah. Explain to everyone
0: what you mean by masters, and I know um, you're saying you had a pretty special master's program. So maybe we should talk about that first.
1: Yeah. So uh, the master's program I did at Wayne State wasn't like just um you know your typical master's program. It was part of the medical school. Um, so it's basic medical science masters. Um, essentially all the classes that we take are also taught by the med school professors. A lot of those physicians teach us as well. Um, a lot of the slides are the same. Obviously they go more in depth, but it's a very rigorous program. Um, so being able to complete that was like a really big deal, not to say that, you know, your your typical master's programs aren't, but this was very tailored towards med school. The classes they had us take was very like, all right, you're going to take your physiology, you're going to take your pharmacology and all these different hard things. Um, so yeah, it's just very tailored to med school. And I went that path so that I can really prove myself and be like, hey, yeah, anyone can get really good undergrad grades, but I'm getting really good Almost med school level grades. So, yeah, yeah,
0: I mean, I think it goes to say that you just didn't want to sit still uh, during your gap year and you wanted to make sure you kept your mental toolbox in in good check, right?
1: Absolutely. And I also didn't want to forget a lot of things. And um, the other biggest thing for me was all right, say I do get into med school when I apply to residency, I'm going to have an extra degree to put on my resume so it's like a win-win there's no you can't you can't lose in that situation but
0: what else did you kind of do during your gap year um, other than the master's program which in itself is very rigorous Hi everyone, this is Lassia and I hope you're enjoying the episode thus far. I'm chiming in to bring you our MCAT moment sponsored by Pillar Prep Test Prep, home of the empowered MCAT test free taker. This week's tip is to focus on using Anki for MCAT memorization. If you've never heard of Anki, it's a spaced repetition flashcard program that can be used for free to memorize a lot of different facts and is used by many MCAT test takers. Anki may or may not be the right tool for you but make sure you do a little bit of research on it watch a few YouTube videos on it and give it a give it a whirl because it could be really helpful using free tools like this in conjunction to being enrolled in pillar preps courses can help you succeed on the mcap to know more about how your retake can be improved visit www.pillartestprep.com slash the dash retake Dash course to learn more helpful tips about the MCAT and use code ALL CAPS pre-med PERSPECTIVE for twenty percent off your course. I hope you enjoy the rest of this episode.
1: Yeah. Um. So I did a bunch of traveling, but I also did. Um. I was a medical assistant. So during my senior year of undergrad, I started working as an MA. But I applied to med school in my junior year. At the end of it, so I couldn't really talk about the whole MA stuff. Um, and then during the two years of my master's program, I was still an MA and that taught me so much. Like the experience itself is probably one of the biggest things that set me apart from other people, just that having that interaction with patients on a medical level. Um, so I did that. I did some travel in my master's. If you I did don't mind, of- I'm going to say something here, but it's
0: really interesting that you just said, you know, it was kind of a downfall that you couldn't talk about your clinical experience in your first application cycle. And that's interesting because I just finished recording with two other people last week and they said this, they didn't get in their first cycle either. And they were, they literally said the same thing. They were like, I just didn't have clinical experience to talk about. And I think that goes to show, um, for how important of an aspect that is, uh, in a successful app cycle.
1: Oh yeah. It's very like, if there's one piece of advice I can tell anyone, it would be like, even if you have to extend a year when you're applying to med school, make sure you have that clinical experience. Because other than the fact that you'll look better as an applicant, you will appreciate what you're learning at a higher level, because a lot of it will seem relevant. And you're kind of bringing all that textbook stuff to life, which is really cool.
0: And I feel like it's just people ask you all throughout the application trail, like, why do you want to be a doctor and it's really hard to say why you want to be a doctor if you don't really know what a doctor does in real life so potentially yeah yeah so you were saying traveling and I cut you off I'm so sorry please go ahead
1: oh, you're good uh yeah so I did a bunch of uh, I was an MA I did a bunch of traveling and I did my master's and a little bit of research at Wayne State
0: yeah I think I mean one point to talk about research do you I feel like sometimes pre meds are crazy about research. I have no idea why, Um, but do you think that it was, is it research something you added along your master's program or is that something you had your first application cycle as well?
1: Um, I had a bit of research my first application cycle. I will admit, like, I'm not a research freak. I admire people who are. a lot of my research in my first cycle and part of my master's too, is just bench work research, which I, which is incredible for the people who could do it, but it doesn't fit my personality. I'm more of like the clinical research type of person. So when asked about my research at my interviews, I'm not sure if everyone asks, but like you couldn't see the spark. <laughs> like you couldn't see the passion coming out um, as you would if you asked me about other things like working as an MA and stuff. So, um, so yeah, for people who are passionate about it, I think it's great. But, um, for people like myself who it kind of looks like a checkbox, it was there, but did it really contribute? I can't say much.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think that's the whole thing where it's like, a little bit hard to really get fired up about your research especially the types of things undergrads and people in their gap you're allowed to do like once you get to med school like you could probably do some more cool things but um, on an undergrad level sometimes I mean it took me a long time to find research that I actually kind of invigorated me, I guess you could say, but it's not bench work at all. And I think a lot of times people get stuck to that bench work thing and uh, it leads to a lot of unhappiness. And I know I went through that too. So it's good to know that other people feel the same way, but so you did all of these amazing things during your master's program slash gap year. And you told me a really interesting story about how the time you applied uh, when a
1: calendar year wise, your second cycle, tell us about that. Yeah. Um, so during my master's program, um, I was getting really good grades and stuff, but I was kind of like, "Am I ready? Am I ready to apply?" And I did a bunch of travel, mostly for mental health th- purposes, because I just needed to get out of that, you know, pre-med atmosphere. Um, you know, doing my master's, I was like taking classes and doing research, but also I still had to maintain working forty hours, you know, at the urgent care that I worked at. <laughs> So it was super stressful. So I tried, you know, to travel as much as I could. And at some point it was August. And I was like, all right, what's next? I'm gonna um I'm gonna graduate from my master's. Is it time? Is it not time? And I didn't think I was ready, but my advisor did. And shout out to Carmen Gamlin. She is the reason I'm here. I absolutely love her. And I was in Spain and I was just like thinking about it and texting her and she's like, girl, you should go for it. Like, (laughs) what are you going to lose? And it was August. So I kind of had to scramble an application together. Um, I did my whole AMCAS thing in a couple days. Part of what was helpful is a lot of things I included were in like my older applications. I just like did some fine tuning, but a lot of it was different. So I say, I probably got my application verified at some point in September. Um, And then I got the secondaries and my secondaries were in like the day of the deadline. (laughs) They were in like second week of October. And I'm like, all right, no one's going to look at me. I should probably save some money and only apply to five schools. Like I'm not going to, like this is too much. Um, And thankfully my professors and all the people who supported me got my letters of rec in on time because also like you're asking someone like, hey, can I have a letter like in two weeks? (laughs) So it's a lot to ask, um, but it worked out. So. Yeah,
0: I mean, that was crazy to me. Um, and it it goes very against the, the book of what people say, you know, they're like, the AMC opens in June, make sure you have everything ready from May onward, So you can just put it in. And then, you know, it gets verified, it takes a month, and then you do your secondaries, the day they come out, submit them, you know, it's, it's very, like, everyone's always like, get to the deadline, get to the deadline. So I really, really, love how, you know, you didn't stick to the book and it still worked out for you. And it goes to show that if you deserve to get in, like you will get in, but you know, it is rolling. So maybe get it in before to uh, maximize your chances because not everyone is as good as you. So no, that's really, that's really funny. So um, tell me a little bit about, you know, you, you go to CHM now, I know you had like a wildly successful application cycle. What do you think was kind of the main reason that you got in and had such successes?
1: Um, So I spoke about, I think at the very beginning, how when I met with OUWB, they're like, you kind of check the boxes, but they didn't say this, but what I understood was we don't see what you have to offer. And at that point, um, after that, I had met with my advisor, Carmen, and she's like, Lara, you're doing all these things, they're great but you have something special and every applicant has something special and you should really work on that. So um, I come from like a very diverse ethnic background. My mom's Hispanic, my dad's Lebanese, I speak a couple languages. So I'm like, all right, well, not every applicant can speak a couple languages. Let's see what I can do to help the community with my languages. So I started volunteering with you know, refugees and stuff and I loved it. And I think that really set me apart um, being able to reach out to that very vulnerable community by using something that not everyone has. Um, that along with my MA experience and my master's, I'm pretty sure, and a bit of new research that I had done in my master's, I'm pretty sure it set me apart. Yeah. And you said that
0: you had some great professors that, you know, had no problem writing you letters within a week or two. So you, I'm sure you had really, really good things said about you from them as well, that kind of boosted you uh, in the eyes of the ad comes, but that's, I love what you have to say, you know, I mean, I think, I don't know if you guys are on TikTok, but like, I see those memes that are like, med schools, like require you to have cured cancer to get in. Like, it's really not that deep. And I think a lot of people don't realize that there's so many things about us that are so special. Um, And until we have someone kind of from the outside tell us, we think they're just so bland and not that special. So I'm so happy that you were able to look within and find something so special to help, you know, such a vulnerable community.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And a lot of my classmates, even like um, the first time I applied, my mindset was like, I think there's 15 activities you can talk about. I'm like, I must have 15 that like, Sometimes you have 15, but they're like, excuse my French, but they're like half-assed 15 experiences versus like eight really, really good ones. So I feel like quality comes into play and really showing what you have to offer, what sets you apart. Because everyone in my class, like we're so different, but we're also super similar. Um, It's kind of weird to think of, but like we all have something different to put on the table, which is cool dude like I literally think the same thing about
0: I mean I talk to people in all these different med schools and it's so interesting because like I always use a beads on a string analogy like think about like a bead necklace where every bead is a different color but the string that holds it is all the same like that's like how people in med school are like the thing that's inside them is like pretty much the same but on the outside everyone brings something different but it all kind of ties together in a way um it's really cool to see um uh, every school and kind of the uh, niches that their students fill. So uh, through the podcast, I love to hear uh, about people from CHM and the niches that they fill. So it was a pleasure having you, Lara, today and getting to know your story. And thank you so much for being so vulnerable and sharing so many amazing stories and tips with us. If there's one thing you'd like to say, just an end-all be-all statement, what would it be? Um,
1: don't put a deadline on what you want to achieve. If it's going to take a year, two years, or five years to reach your goal, that's okay. Don't ever put a deadline and confine yourself because of what society or what your environment thinks you should do. Like everyone goes, has their own path and goes on at their own pace. So um, just do yourself a favor and self reflect and see what works best for you. Because I didn't at first. And when I finally did, it worked really, it worked out really good. So. Amazing note
0: to end on. The path is not linear whatsoever, especially yeah. when it comes to the field of medicine. So once again, thank you so much, Laura, for your time. Thank I know you so much for having me. So busy, um, and I know my audience is gonna ha- get so much from uh, this, all these messages that you've left behind. But to our listeners, stay happy, stay healthy, stay safe. I'll see you guys next week. Thank you so much for tuning in once again. All right, bye-bye.